Does the word negotiate make your palms sweaty and make your heart palpitate? It may be because no one ever taught you how. In this episode, I am taking the mystery out of negotiation. Keep listening for three ways to negotiate a better offer letter. Welcome to the Burt Force Podcast. Our show helps active duty military spouses plan virtual careers. Each week, we'll be uncovering the secrets of virtual work to help get you hashtag hired. If you want income sustainable from anywhere in the world, this is the show for you. We are bringing you everything from juicy job opportunities to advice on how to glow up for a virtual interview. And now, Let's meet our host. She's the change maker responsible for getting over 700 military spouses hashtag hired and making a $15 million impact in the military community. Burt Force founder, professional speaker, remote staff augmentation specialist, visionary. Here's our host, Kimber Hill. Okay, three ways to negotiate a better offer letter. We were asked this week in the group how to know when to bring up money, when to ask for more money. And this is such a great question. Of all of the things that we talk about, there's this fire inside my chest that lights up because I love this topic. I love talking about it. Let me explain to you why. Our group is primarily women. We talk to a lot of men too, but I think we're 92% women, 8% men. So women do not negotiate. Women are still underpaid compared to their male counterparts in the workplace. And I learned how to negotiate at a very young age in my career from a male boss who was incredibly hard to work for, a big pain in my neck, ultimately a great friend. But those skills are things that when I talk to other women, especially military spouses, the concept of negotiating has never even crossed their mind because they're so grateful to even get an offer letter when it happens. Let me lay this out for you. Negotiation is not always about money. You could be negotiating for more time off, education reimbursement. You could be negotiating for a PCS clause in your offer letter so that when you move next time, your offer letter says your job is going to be held for four weeks or, you know, you're going to get four weeks to process that. And as we embark into this conversation about negotiating, remember there are many facets for what you might want included in your offer letter. Notice in the last few sentences I used, I said the words offer letter. That is your context clue. That is your key word for tonight. Store this in your memory bank. Money is not something you talk about during the interview process. Benefits, perks, employment parameters, and and the relationship, you don't talk about this when you're interviewing, or at least you should not be the one bringing it up. You have every right and every liberty to bring up 
compensation, how you want your perks to be laid out, how you want your benefits to be laid out when you get an offer letter. No, it doesn't always happen that way. And I'm going to give you three specific scenarios that it could happen to you in that I've encountered in the past and that our Vertforce members have encountered in the past. But rule of thumb, money is not something you talk about in the interview process. Okay, military spouses, let's take a moment to hear from our power partners over at Instant Teams. Instant Teams knows you're a real force to be reckoned with. You're flexible, resilient, and you've acquired a unique set of skills. So why is finding a sustainable, portable career so difficult? Well, with Instant Teams, it doesn't have to be. Join the 100% remote workforce today to get connected to a customer success, marketing, or administrative position that works for you. Visit instantteams.com today to get started. Not every situation is negotiable, and you have to use your own judgment to determine if negotiating is possible. Example. Many organizations know exactly what their budget is for a position, and they will advertise from day one a hard compensation amount, a firm benefit situation before they even start taking interviews. So here are some circumstances. If this is your situation, this is when you know negotiation is not really up, is not really on the table. You have no experience or no degree. It's more or less entry level. That's called an unskilled position. And there's no room for negotiation there. You're joining a tier one team. So you're coming in at the very bottom of the company and you're going to be staffed with other unskilled team members. You may have a degree. You may have a little bit of work experience, but there's not going to be a lot of negotiation room for you there either. Here's another example. And, and don't get disheartened here. We're going to go through a few of these no room situations. And then we're going to talk about when you know there is room. So for example, the job description said $15 an hour. $15 an hour is even mentioned to you by the hiring manager during your interviews. And when you get the offer letter, it says $15 an hour. And maybe if, if Vertforce is recruiting for a position and we know that there's no room in the budget to flex, we'll even ask you in your pre-screening questionnaire, hey, are you okay with $15 an hour or is that too low for you? So maybe you answered a question like that and you indicated, yes, check the box. Yes, ma'am, I will work for $15 an hour. These are precursors to make sure you fit the financial mold. I'm sorry, my friend. If you applied for a job in this situation, you don't have room to negotiate, but that's okay. We're still going to teach you how tonight. So when you do have that opportunity, you'll be ready. So if you are in this situation, you realize there's no room for you to negotiate. There is one thing you can do to let the employer know you want to eventually be paid more or move up in the company. So after you receive that offer letter, and you, you may accept it already. You don't necessarily have to accept it immediately before you bring this up, but you can say something like this. 
I'm happy to accept this position and $15 an hour is currently acceptable for me. However, I'm interested in growing. Could you please describe to me what the promotion and raise structure is at this company? Is it merit-based? And what does that path look like for someone who wants to be here for at least the next two years? What you're doing here is you're planting a seed. You're letting them know, number one, I have plans. I'm not just going to sit here and be stagnant. You're letting them know, number two, I want to be here a while. So you've planted this seed. We want to be careful here. We don't want to be too aggressive, especially if the company is a startup or maybe they're struggling with funding. We don't want to make them feel or get the impression that you may be a high, um, a high dollar employee at some point down the line. But we just want to express that growth is on our hearts and on our minds, right? So we just covered how to rule out negotiation and how to navigate that if you've accepted a position or you're in the interview process for a position and you kind of feel you get the vibe that negotiation isn't on the table. Let's talk about when negotiation is possible. Three scenarios, each with their own unique way of handling negotiation. So this is the most common example and this is normally how things will happen. Example number one You make it all the way through your interview process without bringing up compensation structure and you land an offer letter. The job description said the job would pay between $30,000 and $45,000 a year, depending on experience. You get your offer letter and it says, Dear Angie, we would like to offer you this position for $32,000. Your first instinct may be, oh, score, it's just above the bottom, which means I'm better than the bare minimum. And you might get excited and be tempted to accept that position immediately. But hold your horses, take a deep breath. You do not have to accept the role immediately. In fact, this is your golden opportunity to negotiate what you need. So in this scenario, Salary or payment never came up in the interview process. So you've based your pursuit of this position based on the job description, which said 30K to 45K. So how do you handle it? Here's how you handle it. You reply, thank you for this offer. I am flattered and very interested in joining the company. Right now, I'm wondering if $32,000 is the best you can do for this employment agreement. Maybe they offered you $32,000 in two weeks of PTO. Don't say exactly what you want yet. Don't insert your desire. Don't make a suggestion. Wait on them to reply. I encourage you to do this over the phone if you can. If you take this opportunity and do it via email, the company has a lot of time to go back and forth and deliberate, and it can leave you feeling nervous and insecure. It can leave you not knowing what their tone is and how they received your inquiry. 
So I encourage you to ask this over the phone because you will at least get their tone. You'll at least see how they received it. And they're going to receive it in one of two ways. Nope, sorry, this is the best we can do. Or two, um, let me see what we can do. And then they might ask you, what did you have in mind? Be prepared to answer with exactly what you want. Nothing less. I'll give you some scenarios a little bit in a few minutes about how it turns out if you're not clear with what you want. So be prepared with your statement. I envisioned at least 42,000 with three weeks of PTO and I'd like to know about annual increases and how that structure works. The one thing I want you to know about this scenario number one, which is how it will commonly occur, is once you have that offer letter, you do not have to respond immediately. In fact, the offer letter should be looked at as a new stage of the interview process. It's not, uh, here, take this. Okay, got it. Yes, okay, I accept. In some cases, it is. You know, we talked about those circumstances where negotiation is not on the table. But if you are in this flexible ambiguous state, use it to your advantage. I mean, you're going to be with this company for a while, right? Set up the employment structure that you really need. Ask for it. Audrey Cray asks, how should you respond when employer, when an employer asks what you expected to be paid during an interview? Honestly, Audrey, tell them what you want. So my Second and third examples are going to speak more to that, Audrey. So hang on to that thought. So my second example is the, and and I've advised you so far not to bring up compensation structure during your interviews. So let's say the employer brings it up. Let's say you are in your second round of interviews And the manager says, hey, we're prepared to pay $50,000 a year for this salary. And in addition to that, we told you that it was remote, but we actually want you to stop by the office once or twice a month. Your heart sinks. Imagine you're coming from making $100,000 a year. And this is a huge step backward for your salary progression. Moreover, You really want a fully remote position. You don't want there to be any expectations on you to travel to their office. This scenario to the T is what happened to one of our Vertforce members recently, and we had the pleasure of coaching her through it. Because the salary was so drastically different than what she had been receiving And because they discouraged her with asking her to want to come into the office, she wanted to decline the third interview, but I encouraged her to reply with the statement. She was invited to a third interview, and this is what we advised her to say. Thank you for inviting me to a third interview. I've thoroughly enjoyed my interview process so far. I also believe I would be a great asset for your team. I'm happy to proceed with a third interview as long as you're aware of these two items. First, I am seeking a fully remote position. And second, 
the salary ranged range voice to me in the second interview does not currently match my employment requirements. If your team believes these two items are negotiable, let's move forward with scheduling the third interview. Okay, what did we do here? The number one thing I'm pointing out to you is we still did not mention what our salary expectation is. We just pointed out that the person who held the second interview and the potential candidate were on two different pages on what the salary expectation should be. And we pointed out that we were not interested in moving forward with a position where we would be expected to come into the office. Okay, this position, this situation is unique. It is unique because the employer brought up salary and the employer brought up coming into the office. After the employer brought up those two things, they further invited the candidate to a third interview. So this is the only situation where I would say start negotiation before you get the offer letter. Because I want you to be transparent with the employer about your expectations, especially if you're seeking that $100,000 salary, six-figure or I would say anywhere 60,000 up to 150,000. If that's where your salary goals are, we need to draw the line in the sand at the first opportunity we have. What this candidate did correctly, she sat through her full second interview. When they told her the salary was $50,000, she didn't flinch. She didn't scowl or frown. She finished her interview like a professional. She made no verbal remarks during the interview about her dissatisfaction with the salary salary level. She made no verbal dissatisfaction about the anticipation to come into the office and work remotely. She just listened. She listened and she contemplated and she said, you know, I don't think this is the right job for me. But fortunately, she came to VertForce and I got the opportunity to work with her one-on-one. And guess what happened? After sending this message back to the employer, she proceeded with her third interview. They invited her again to the third interview. They indicated that everything is negotiable and she ended up getting the job offer and she got the salary she wanted. Okay, we have another question from Ashley. Ashley says, for independent contractors, how would you negotiate that rate? I've heard people say negotiate by assignment and some by the hour. How would you go about that? Ashley, that's a great question. And really what you're asking is, how do I set my price? Right? This is my expectation for my price. Price yourself at what it costs to get your work done and what part of your salary that project is going to equate to. Not a lot of people are going to challenge an independent contractor's set rate if you establish it up front. Small businesses may say, Ashley, I just really want to work with you, but I can't afford that. Could you do something lower? I would be prepared to counter with something that is lower, but still within your range. Okay. Also, people who are seeking independent contractors often don't know what they need to be paying for the IC. So it's your responsibility to put together 
And I think, Ashley, I think you're into marketing just because I know you. So it would be your responsibility to put together your services, what you can package and what you offer into a document. So when someone says, oh, Ashley, I had this great free consultation with you. I think you'd be the perfect independent contractor. How much do I pay you? You can come to the table with your pricing and packaging. Okay. Who's ready to move on to negotiation scenario number three? This is a scenario that happened to me personally, and it's happened to a lot of people. It's in this sweet spot where your interviews are over, and then there's this little gap before the offer letter comes in. So if you're, if you're visualizing this on a timeline with me, visualize it like this. All right, I did interview number one. I did interview number two. I did interview number three. Now I'm waiting, I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. And what I would expect is immediately an offer letter or a rejection letter comes, but I get a phone call instead. And who calls me? Not the hiring manager, the HR department. So not, I I did interview with the HR department, but in this particular scenario, interview number one was with HR. Interview number two was with the direct manager. Interview number three was was with the executive team, the CEO and vice president of the company. So I'm expecting either an offer letter or a rejection, but I get a phone call from HR. Such a sweet guy, such a sweet team. He said, Kimber, I have some really good news. You can expect an offer letter soon. I was like, okay, send it to me now. I'm ready. And then he said, I just want to make sure that we do what we can to ensure that we get you which what he meant was to secure you. We want to secure you. So would you mind sharing with me what your salary expectations are? This was in 2016. Yeah. I wanted $75,000 a year. That's what I wanted. That's what my heart wanted. I, I said to make me leave this employment situation that I'm in now and keep me with you, invested with you, I want $75,000. Did I say that? No. I can't tell you why I didn't say that. I think there was a little bit of fear in me to stand up for myself and say, I deserve this. You know, I've worked hard. I've got these degrees. I've got all this work experience. This is what I want. So what I said was I'd like to be anywhere between 60 and $80,000 a year. And I could kick myself for that because 15 minutes later, I get an offer letter for $65,000, which was 10 under what I really wanted. Still, it was hard to say no to, right? Because I told them I want to be between 65 and 80 and ultimately, you know, make an 80 in the next three years. That's what I told them. So maybe they had some kind of growth plan in place, but I wasn't starting where I wanted to start. I wanted to start at 75. All right. So this being said, the HR department gave me what I wanted. And I'm not the only person this has happened to. I recently spoke to a DOD contractor, uh, former military spouse, veteran spouse now, who I think was going on with Northrop Grumman. The same thing happened to her. They called her between her last interview and when the offer letter would process and said, "What? okay, what do you want? 
what can we do to secure you? She said, oh, I want $80,000. And you know what they said? Great. That is an issue. Okay, if someone ever says, if someone ever tells you, oh, yeah, awesome, I'll pay you that right now, you didn't ask for enough money. Maybe money is not very important to you. I know we're talking a lot about money tonight, but maybe the company says it's uh, it's 80,000 and two weeks off. Maybe you say, mm, you know, the salary's fine, but I want to work out something where I can get six weeks off a year because, you know, my husband's in the military. My wife is in the military and that's how much time he gets off per year when he's off work. I want to be off work. Or maybe you say, maybe you wanted 80 and they offer you 50. You could even counter with, okay, 50 could work on a part-time basis. I could work part-time for, for 50 and I want every Friday off. So there, you just have so much leeway with this, but I want you to be honest about what you want. And again, you're going to get one of two responses. I'm sorry, we just can't do that. Or let me see what I can do. For example, startup organizations, they're not necessarily going to have the same kind of funding that a government contracting organization would have, right? I look at, you know, Vertforce's growth. We've been able to bring on team members to support Vertforce. We don't have, we're a new business, right? Vertforce's 18, a little over 18 months old. We don't have the kind of money Northrop Grumman has, right? Or Booz Allen Hamilton. But the moral to this lesson, so I've, I've covered with you three ways that negotiation may happen. It's either going to happen after the interview, after the offer letter. It's going to happen in your interview, but rule of thumb, you, you honey, are not the one bringing it up. Or number three, it's going to happen between your interview and your offer letter. Every time it happens, be honest. Don't put your cards on the table immediately if you can help it. Sometimes you can't help it. You know, if you get asked a direct question, how much do you want to make? Be prepared to, um, to put your big girl panties on and answer that question. Because if not, you're going to be like me in 2016 who... Couldn't really say no because I asked for what I asked for, right? Or you're going to be like our other friend who uh, went over to Northrop Grumman and she got what she wanted. She asked for 80, she got 80, but that's the big indicator there. She should have asked for more, right? You want to ask for a number that's going to make, it's going to challenge yourself because you may not feel totally comfortable asking for it, but that's okay. And if the employer knows that you're the right fit, if they know you're good for the company, you're going to be dedicated, you're going to be loyal, you're going to bring in revenue, and you're going to be a great, a great person for that role. They're not going to have any problems paying it, right? Okay, so this is negotiation. I hope this has inflated your, I, I honestly hope that it's inflated your ego a little bit and your confidence because that's one of the areas where women struggle a lot of, and I said this in the beginning, a lot of women come into the offer letter process and just accept the first thing. We covered how to know when there's no room for negotiation. We covered how to identify when there is room. We covered three scenarios and three different situations that you should be prepared to respond to. 
Some of them are easier than others, but most of all, we covered know your worth. Don't be afraid to ask for it. All right. Talk to you soon. Listener, this episode is brought to you by our power partners over at Instant Teams. Be sure to create your Instant Teams profile at instantteams.com today. You can join their remote workforce and get matched with positions that complement your unique skills. All right, Vert Force, that is it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate our podcast, and leave us a review. We really love hearing from you. If you need to find the show notes, which include all of the resources we discussed in this episode, you can find those at vertforce.us. Guys, I'm serious when I say we want to hear from you. If you have an idea for an episode or a question, email us at support at vertforce.us. As a reminder, all content associated with the Vertforce podcast is the intellectual property of Vertforce LLC. All right, catch you next week.